Good morning to all and welcome to Sunrise Community Church and thanks to our worship team for leading us to be the worship team this morning and showing us how it's done uh, so that we can worship God better. Gracias al equipo de alabanza por ayudarnos a dirigir nuestras alabanzas al Señor. I want to greet those who are online, who are worshiping and watching with us right now. Les doy saludos a todos que estén en línea, as well as all of you here. And uh, we are a congregation of people, we're a gathering of people uh, who are seeking to go forward. And we're seeking to go forward together in mission, following Jesus, the King. Estamos siguiendo al Señor Jesús como, como una congregación de su pueblo. And last week, this congregation uh, made an, a momentous decision. And that decision was that we are going to be joining uh, a group called the Alliance of Reformed Churches. And that is where we're headed. So that's a big thing. It's a big step. And there was a, a, a very strong uh, expression of, of affirmation for that direction from the congregation. So thank you to all who participated in that vote and in that important process. Gracias a todos que han participado en el voto en el proceso de que nos unimos a la Alianza de Iglesias Reformadas. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing more. We'll be getting to know uh, our new community, and some of them are, are made up, it's made up of people that we already know. So that's a good thing. There's some familiarity, too. Uh, with our neighboring church, Tulare Community Church, and other fellowships in our region. So thanks again. I want to take a moment right now to give our boys and girls a chance to get out for children and worship time. I know they're anxious to hear God's word and the stories and the, the lessons that they will be looking at today. Quiero despedir a los niños para el tiempo de niños en adoración. That's for our boys and girls up to fifth grade. We also have our infant and toddler nurseries. And hey, moms, if you need a point, to nurse a child or to, uh, to just have a quiet moment with your child. We have a thing called the Mom and Me Room, which is out, take a left, and uh, it's just a small, safe, quiet space where you can be if you need that. So we have been in a series of messages called Your Kingdom Come. Estamos en una serie que venga tu reino. And as a part of that, I've been encouraging you each week to read ahead, to read the scripture for the week. And we gave you a few weeks ago a bookmark, somewhat like this, with readings for every Sunday and some key questions to ask. And we have a new marker because we have some new readings. And so I invite you to pick it up from the back, a tall table there by the entrance. Tenemos un nuevo marcador para esta serie en español también de lecturas semanales y preguntas clave que puedan usar durante la semana. So we want you to, in a sense, be preparing, preparing the soil of your heart for our message time. And speaking of that, we're going to dive right in with our first scripture reading, which is from the book of Psalms. Psalm number one, the first three verses. Vamos a leer del Salmo uno, versículos uno al tres. I'm going to read beginning in English, and then we'll read it in Spanish. Voy a leer primero en inglés, después en español. So I'll give you a moment to get there. If you have a, a, a physical Bible and you open up in half, chances are you're going to be really close to the Psalms. So it's in the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament. And let's not only open up our Bibles, let's open up more than that. Let's open up our hearts, let's open up our ears and our minds to hear what God's Word says. Escuchemos con el corazón y con el oído la palabra de Dios. This is what it says. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree 
planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Dichoso el hombre que no sigue el consejo de los malvados ni se detiene en la senda de los pecadores ni cultiva la amistad de los blasfemos, sino que en la ley del Señor se deleita y día y noche medita en ella. Es como el árbol plantado a la orilla de un río que cuando llega su tiempo da fruto y sus hojas jamás se marchitan. Todo cuanto hace prospera. So it's, uh... A few weeks ago, uh, Saturday morning, a beautiful Saturday morning. We're getting more of those now. And on this beautiful Saturday morning, I had the chance to do something that I don't get to do very often. I got to be in my backyard and just do a little bit of gardening back there. Uh, hace poco tuve la oportunidad de hacer un poco de jardinería en el patio de atrás. And I noticed that uh, some of my potted plants in the back we're just kind of looking weak, you know, looking kind of sickly. Vi unas plantas en macetas que se veían no muy buenas, no muy saludables. So I decided that I needed to transplant them, put them into bigger pots. Las tuve que poner en macetas más grandes. So uh, I did that. And as I pulled them up out of the pots, I soon saw why these plants were looking kind of yellow and wilted and not so great. Al desarregarlas vi por qué estaban tan marchitas. The roots looked like that. The roots were what you call root-bound. They were tied around each other and tangled within each other, sometimes from one plant to the next. Las raíces estaban enredadas y ligadas entre sí. So now that I've put these plants into uh, bigger pots, uh, they're doing well for the most part. And the hope, of course, is, is that in these bigger pots, they have lots more room. They have the, the space to, you know, to stretch out their roots, to extend them far and wide and, and to absorb the soil and to absorb the nutrients in the water from the soil. Así las plantas en macetas más grandes pueden extender sus raíces y absorber los alimentos y el agua de la tierra. Well, as we go forward today, I want you to have that image in mind just a little bit. Quiero que tengan esa imagen en mente. What we've been doing, in case you haven't been here, is we've been tracing this theme of the kingdom of God all through the Bible, looking at how this theme crops up again and again. Estamos mirando como el tema del reino de Dios surge en la Biblia. And today what we're doing is we're, we're at a section of the Old Testament. And this section is simply known as the writings. Estamos mirando las escrituras del Antiguo Testamento. Now, so far, we've been in the law, which is the first five books. That's what it's called, the law. And then there's the prophets. The prophets, uh, we spent two weeks on. This includes books about the history of Israel, as well as prophetic messages. Miramos la ley, los primeros cinco libros, los profetas que incluyen libros históricos y también mensajes proféticos. And now we're moving into another section called the writings. Ahora estamos en las escrituras. What is in the writings? Well, one big part of the writings is the book of poetry that we find in the Psalms. Vemos la poesía de los Salmos. But that's not all. Uh, the writings also include what are sometimes called wisdom books. The book of Job, the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, incluye los libros de sabiduría, Job, Proverbios, Ecclesiastes. And within the writings also there's some stories. 
There are books that tell stories of people attempting to be faithful to God. Stories like the book of Ruth, uh, the book of Esther, the book of Daniel, the book of Nehemiah, incluye Ruth, Esther, Daniel, Nehemiah. That's all included in the writings. It's a lot. So in order to get a sense of, of what the writings are doing and how they're highlighting the kingdom of God, today we're, we're honing in on this psalm, psalm number one, which we've just read. Para entender como el reino de Dios surge en las escrituras, vemos el salmo número uno. And here in these first three verses of Psalm 1, uh, we, in a sense, are confronted with an important question that is not up front. It's more in the background. Hay una cuestión importante que nos confronta aquí. And the question is simply this. What makes for a blessed life? What makes for a prosperous and thriving, flourishing Life. ¿Qué hace una vida prospita, próspera y exitosa? And the answer we get is a bit unusual. Es una respuesta no muy usual. The answer, according to verse 1, is that the way to flourish, the way to be successful, the way to prosper is not to be found in surrounding oneself with sinful and foolish people. La manera de florecer no es rodearse uno de, de necios. Look at verse 1 with me. And what I want you to do is pay attention to the verbs. If you remember your English lesson, those are the action words. Presten atención a los verbos aquí. It says, blessed or happy or fulfilled is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Dichoso el hombre que no sigue el consejo de los malvados, ni se detiene en la senda de los pecadores, ni cultiva la amistad de los blasfemos. So each verb there, walk, stand, sit, each verb is really describing a process whereby a person slowly gradually but surely is being planted into a sinful environment. Eso verbo seguirse, tenerse y, y, y cultivar, describe un proceso donde uno se planta en un ambiente pecaminoso. Think about it. If you walk in the ways of wicked people, soon you're going to be standing around with them and eventually you're going to be sitting with them and you're going to be a part of them. You're going to be stuck with them and you're going to be planted in the soil of unrighteousness. Si sigues y te detienes y luego cultivas la amistad de los pecadores vas a estar plantado con ellos. You are going to be in a process where you are potted in the soil of unrighteousness. And you're going to become root-bound. You're going to be wrapped around sin and wrapped around yourself and tangled up in the ways of this world. Y vas a estar ligado con las raíces pecaminosas de este mundo. In fact, later in the psalm it talks about you're going to be like chaff. You're going to be like a dead plant that's blown away. But, verse 2 says there's another option. Hay otra opción, según el versículo 2. And that is to delight 
in the law or the instruction of the Lord and to meditate on it, ruminate on it, um, to, to think over it day and night. La otra opción es deleitarse en la ley del Señor y meditar en ella día y noche. The opposite then of being planted in sin is to plant ourselves into the Word of God to plant ourselves in the soil of God's will and God's way. Lo opuesto de estar plantado en pecados es estar plantado en la voluntad y el camino de Dios. It is to be focused on God's truth, God's goodness. And verse 3 says that the person who does this is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does or she does prosper. Uno así es como el árbol plantado a la orilla de un río que cuando llega su tiempo da fruto y sus hojas jamás se marchitan, todo cuanto hace prospera. What we have here is a picture of what the Bible calls wisdom. Se trata de la sabiduría. Wisdom. It's, it's like a tree planted by the streams of God's presence, of God's goodness, being planted in his soil. La sabiduría es como una planta al, al, al río de, de la presencia de Dios. And the blessed person, the happy person, is the person who latches on to and roots themselves into the tree of wisdom. That's what a wise person does. Una persona bendecida se aferra al árbol de la sabiduría. In fact, if we go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18, Proverbs 3, 18 says, Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. La sabiduría, dice Proverbios, árbol, es árbol de vida para quienes la abrazan. So, when a wise person connects to the tree of wisdom, it becomes a tree of life. El árbol de la sabiduría se hace árbol de vida. Where else do we see the tree of life? We see the tree of life at the very beginning of time in the Garden of Eden. The tree of life is what was taken away from the human race when they sinned. El árbol de la vida es del huerto de Edén. But you can discover the tree of life and be blessed by uniting yourself with wisdom. Te unes a la sabiduría y descubres el árbol de la vida. So what, then, is wisdom? That's the big question. ¿Qué es la sabiduría? Well, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, we get a, an answer, an important answer. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. El comienzo de la sabiduría, dice Proverbios, es el temor del Señor. So wisdom has to do with fear or humble, holy submission to God. To God's will, God's ways, God's path, God's truth. It, it, a wise person sends down roots into God's word and begins to grow lush and green with the foliage and the fruit of faith. Una persona sabia echa raíces en la palabra de Dios y crece con las hojas y el fruto de la fe. But wisdom 
is not just about fixing our thoughts on God, meditating on God's word day and night. Yes, that's important, but that's not the whole picture. No es solo meditar en la palabra de Dios. If we look at Psalm number 119, which is an incredible psalm, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's all about God's word and delighting in God's word, we find there in Psalm 119, verse 99 and 100, that wisdom is allowing our thoughts that are rooted in God's word to produce fruit, the fruit of holy action. La sabiduría es permitir que nuestros pensamientos produzcan el fruto de acción santa. Psalm 119, 99, I have more insight than all my teachers. Why? For I meditate on your statutes. Tengo más discernimiento que todos mis maestros porque medito en tus estatutos. And then verse 100 says, I have more understanding than the elders. Why? For I obey your precepts. Tengo más entendimiento que los ancianos porque obedezco tus preceptos. So you see, the root of meditating on and delighting in the law, the principles of God and his word, that root is meant to produce the fruit of obedience, of righteous living, walking in the ways and the will of God. La raíz de la meditación, la palabra de Dios, debe producir el fruto de la obediencia a Dios. That's wisdom. Wisdom's not just knowing the truth, it's living the truth. And, and this theme of wisdom is going to crop up again and again in the writings. La, el tema de la sabiduría surge en las escrituras. It, it, it's, a, it's about how we live. It's a lifestyle. If you look with me at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, we find this uh, talked about. Ecclesiastes 12, I want to read verses 11 and then 13. Ecclesiastes 12, 11 y 13. This is what it says. It says, the words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Las palabras de los sabios son como aguijones, como clavos bien puestos. Son sus colecciones de dichos dados por un solo pastor. And then, verse 13 says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Here's the deal. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And finish this asunto is que ya escuchado todo, teme pues a Dios y cumple sus mandamientos porque esto es todo para el hombre. What's it saying? It's saying the wisdom of God's word, it's like it's like nails, it's like goads. It pricks us, it prods us. And what does it provoke us to do? It provokes us to do what's right to keep God's commandment. Los dichos sabios son como clavos que nos, nos provocan para hacer la voluntad del Señor. And that's what it's all about. This is wisdom. Esta es la sabiduría. And we see a great real-life demonstration of this in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8. I want to turn your attention there. There are others that I could be reading here from Daniel and other places, but I want to go to Nehemiah, chapter 8, because it's just... So clear what's going on. Nehemiah capítulo 8. So just to set the scene here, God's people Judah have been in exile in the land of Babylon for 70 years because of their sin, and they're finally home again. They finally come back to Jerusalem. 
los judíos están en exilio en Babilonia han regresado a Jerusalén. And they're trying to get life back together again, okay? So in Nehemiah 8.2, it says this. It says, on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law, that's the book of the law, before the assembly. El día primero del mes séptimo, el sacerdote esta llevó la ley ante la asamblea. And it says in verse 3, he read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the law. Él la leyó en presencia de ellos en la plaza que está frente a la puerta del agua. Todo el pueblo estaba muy atento a la lectura del libro de la ley. Okay, so everybody's gathered together. The priest is reading the scriptures. He's reading God's word. El sacerdote lee la palabra. And then if you go on and read in the crowd, there are various elders and teachers strategically positioned through the crowd. And these elders and teachers are kind of getting next to people and saying, do you understand what's going on? And they're starting to explain it to them. Hay ancianos de la multitud que explican esto. Verse 8 talks about that. It says, they, these elders, read from the book of the law, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Los ancianos leían con claridad el libro de la ley y lo interpretaban de modo que se comprendiera su lectura. So they're hearing the word of God and then it says in verse 9, at the end of verse 9, all the people had been weeping as they listened to what was being read in the law of God. Al oír las palabras de la ley, la gente comenzó a llorar. So I want us to get this picture of this scene. The people are out there in the wide open. They're listening to God's word from daybreak till noon. That's probably about six hours. They're in the sunshine soaking up the light of God's word like plants. Están sorriendo la palabra toda la mañana como plantas. And as it begins to penetrate into their hearts, what happens? They begin to weep. They are broken hearted. Están quebrantados de corazón. Why? Because they can see clearly that the reason they've been in Babylon for 70 years is that they have failed to be God's people operating under God's power and so they've been kicked out of God's place. That's what's happened. Se dan cuenta que no han sido el pueblo de Dios bajo el poder de Dios y por eso han sido expulsados del lugar de Dios. So what happens next? Turn the page to Nehemiah 8.14, versículo 14. They found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in booths during the feast of the seventh month. That's talking about the feast of tabernacles. En la ley encontraron escrito que el Señor le había mandado a Moisés que durante la fiesta del mes séptimo los israelitas debían habitar en enramadas. Verse 16. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves booths on their own roofs, in their courtyards, in the courts of the house of God, and in the square by the water gate, and the one by the gate of Ephraim. De modo que la gente fue trajo ramas, y con ellas hizo enramadas en las azoteas, patios, el atrio del templo de Dios, en la plaza del puerta del agua. Just see what happened? They're reading all day the word of God, and it says, hey, in the seventh month, you're supposed to celebrate this thing called the Feast of Tabernacles, and you're supposed to make little shelters. Dice la Biblia que se debía celebrar la fiesta de los tabernáculos, el séptimo mes. And the people are like, what? Hey, guess what time it is? It's the seventh month. 
It's the seventh month right now. Ahora mismo es el séptimo mes. And so they go out and they get branches and they get stuff together and they start making these shelters all over the place, including in the house of God and by the water gate. Empiezan a hacer enramadas en el atrio del templo de Dios y en la puerta del agua. What are they saying? They're obeying the word that they have heard and they are setting up these shelters as a symbol that they want to be planted and rooted in God as his people, in his place, under his power. Establecen estas enramadas como símbolo que quieren ser el pueblo de Dios en el lugar de Dios bajo el poder de Dios. And that's wisdom, people. That's wisdom. Esa es la sabiduría. And, and so, as you go through the writings and you read the stories and you read the scriptures, what is this telling us? It's saying, here's practical advice about how to live in the fear of God the King. Así vive uno, dicen las escrituras, en el temor de Dios el Rey. What does it mean to live in the fear of the Lord and under the power of the king? First of all, it's about sending down a taproot. Es echar una raíz primaria o principal. You know what a taproot is? A lot of plants have taproots. A carrot is a taproot. It's a root that goes deep down into the soil. Es una raíz que, que va profundamente en la tierra. Wisdom and living in the kingdom of God is about sending down a tap root deep into the word of God, into the law, the instruction of God. It's about absorbing nutrients from God's word. It's about soaking up its life. Se trata de echar una raíz principal en la palabra de Dios, la ley de Dios. It's about delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on it day and day. Night, and that's why in this place you're going to hear us talk about the Word of God and talk from the Word of God. That's why we give out little markers with reading plans. We have Bible reading plans for people to read every day the Word of God. The idea is we send out a taproot into God's Word. Queremos deleitarnos en la palabra de Dios, por eso tenemos planes de lectura. It's why we have a class starting tonight on basic principles of theology because we want people to establish a taproot. A dandelion has a taproot and you cannot pull that sucker out, right? We want to be so rooted in God's Word because we delight in it, we study it, we memorize it, we meditate on it. We are absorbed and saturated with it. Queremos estar absorbidos de la palabra de Dios, saturados en ella. But it's not only about sending down a taproot into God's word. Life in the kingdom of God is about sending out lateral roots. Hay que mirar raíces laterales. If you pull up a plant, you'll see they have lateral roots as well. Roots that go out far and wide in search of everything needed. And those lateral roots for us stand for obedience to God's word. We not only send down a taproot into God's word, we begin to go out in all directions and learn how to obey God. Es enviar las raíces laterales de la obediencia. 
It's about loving God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and loving our neighbors as ourselves in all of its dimensions, in all of its directions. Se trata de amar a Dios con todo el corazón, el alma y las fuerzas, la mente y amar a nuestro prójimo como a nosotros mismos. Do that and you will be like a tree planted by streams of water. Así son árboles plantados a ríos de agua. There's just one small problem with this plan. One problem. Un solo problema. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for us. No funciona para nosotros. Now, do not get me wrong. I'm not saying the plan is bad. This is a good plan we find in the Old Testament of the Bible. It's a great plan. It's a perfect plan. Es un plan perfecto. The problem's not with the plan. The problem's with us. You see, at our root, we have a problem. At our root, we are infected and affected by sin. And we cannot eradicate that sin in our own strength and in our own power. Estamos arraigados en el pecado y no podemos extirparlo de nuestra vida. In the New Testament of the Bible, the Apostle Paul says, In my mind, I delight in the word of God. I delight in the law of God. Me deleito la ley del Señor, dijo Pablo. He's right, delighting in the law of the Lord day and night. That was his thing. And what, yeah, what does he say? He says, in my mind, I delight in it, but I can't do it. I know what's right. It tells me what's right. And every time I want to do what's right, I do what's wrong. I mess up. I sin. I fail. Cada vez que intento seguir la ley, dice Pablo, yo fallo. Problem's not with the, the plan. Here's the problem. You can't take a thistle, a weed, and plant it in good soil and give it good fertilizer and water and expect anything but a thistle out of it. Right? Si plantas un cardo en buena tierra, vas a cosechar un cardo. You can't change a thistle by putting it in a different environment. It's not just about not walking with the wicked and not smoking and spitting and going with those who do, as the old saying says. It's not just about environment. No se trata solo de nuestro ambiente. A thistle's going to be a thistle no matter where it gets planted. You can't make a thistle into a strawberry. No puedes convertir un cardo a una fresa unless you change its DNA. Hay que cambiar su ADN. You see, what we need is more than a plan to be planted we need to be grafted. We need to be planted more than just in the soil of wisdom, not just in the soil of wisdom. We need to be grafted into the tree of wisdom. Tenemos que estar injertados en el árbol de la sabiduría. We need to be grafted into perfect human stock if we're going to have a prayer of following this plan. Tenemos que estar, estar encartados a, a cepa humana perfecta. And the Bible tells us that perfect human stock that we need is Jesus Christ, the Son of God.
es Jesucristo, el Hijo de Dios. Look with me, if you could, at 1 Corinthians 1.30. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 1.30. And this is what it says. It says, it is because of him, God, that you are in Christ Jesus. You are united into Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Gracias a Él, Dios, ustedes están unidos a Cristo Jesús, a quien Dios ha hecho, hecho nuestra sabiduría, es decir, nuestra justificación, santificación y redención. It's saying that God has opened a way for us to be grafted into Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. Dios ha abierto el camino para que estemos injertados en Jesús, la sabiduría de Dios. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He was planted into this world. Jesús fue plantado en este mundo. And what did he do? He walked with the sinners. He stood with the wicked. He sat with the messed up people. He was in the wrong environment, and yet it did not make him a fool. He was not affected by that. He affected it. Jesús caminaba con los pecadores, se detenía con ellos, se cultivaba la amistad con ellos, y no fue afectados por ellos. Jesus, that perfect human stock, followed the law of God perfectly, And then he was nailed to a tree and planted in the ground for three days to rise up from the dead with new life so that we could be grafted into him, the righteous branch, the one we talked about last week. Jesús murió en la cruz y fue plantado en la tierra y resucitó para que fuéramos injertados a él. And it is only because of him, it says, that you are able to be wise. He is our righteousness, holiness, and He is our redemption. Él es nuestro, nuestra justificación, santificación y redención. And so the gospel tells us that, that life in the kingdom of God is all about us being planted and rooted in Jesus Christ, who is that tree of wisdom and that tree of life that we need. And then it's possible to go back to the Psalms and live this out. Por Dios estamos injertados en Cristo el Rey. Jesus Christ fulfills perfectly the law, the prophets, the writings. He fulfills it all. Not so that we don't have to, but so now we can finally start doing it. Él cumple con la ley, los profetas y las escrituras para que empecemos a obedecerlo. A life of being rooted And grounded in Jesus is about being captivated by him, meditating on him day and night, and living in obedience to Christ, who makes it possible for us to obey God. That's a wise life. That's life in God's kingdom. Así la vida en el reino de Dios. And so with that, we can go out and we can begin to learn how to live as God's people under God's power in God's place to be planted as trees by the streams of water. Así podemos aprender a vivir como pueblo de Dios.
So how can we be more planted in God's word and be planted in Jesus Christ? That's really the question we come away with. ¿Cómo estar plantados y arraigados en el Señor? I want to offer up a challenge for all of us this week, an application if you want to call it that. And it's kind of a two-part challenge. And I want to invite you. I hope you're up for it. Vamos a tener un reto de la semana. Here's the challenge. First of all, I want to invite you every single day this week to set aside three minutes to meditate on Psalm number one, one through three. Quiero que tengan tres minutos cada día para meditar en el Salmo uno, uno al tres. Set a timer. Three minutes. Read it. Think about it. Ponder it. If you want to go further and read the whole psalm, number one, that's fine. But take three minutes and watch what God begins to reveal to you. Mediten en este salmo tres minutos. The second part of this challenge is a little bit harder. But it's this. What would it look like for you and me this week to take one step of radical obedience to Jesus. ¿Cómo sería dar un paso radical en obediencia a Jesús? Now, radical, what do I mean? The word radical means from the root. Radical quiere decir desde la raíz. Out of this time of meditating on God's word, out of the, the relationship that I have rooted in Jesus, what step of obedience could I take this week in fear of him and in love of him. Uh, it might be repairing a relationship. It might be breaking a habit. It might be getting off of social media. It might be reaching out to someone who's lonely. It might be any number of things, giving in a way that you've never given before. What radical step of obedience could you take? Podría ser reparar una relación o alcanzar una persona solitaria o dejar un vicio. Let's trust that out of our time with Jesus in his word, we'll actually have direction for how to live in wisdom. And what could that do to extend and to show the kingdom of God this week? ¿Cómo se manifestaría el reino de Dios esta semana? So I want to invite you right now, we're going to get that psalm up on the screen, and I'd like to do this right here. Three minutes of silence. For some people, that's an eternity. But we're going to try it. I'm going to set my little timer here, and I want to invite you to just look at this psalm and to read it and to open up yourself to what God would speak to you about your life and about living in wisdom with him. Vamos a leer y meditar en este salmo tres minutos. And after that, then we will pray together the Lord's Prayer like we've been doing every week. Después vamos a orar el Padre Nuestro. So three minutes of silence, no background music, just... God and his word, let's do that right now.
There's three minutes. Jesus is wisdom and he is the tree of life for all who embrace him. Jesús es el árbol de vida para cuantos lo abrazan. Let's stand and we'll pray together the prayer he's given us. Vamos a orar juntos la oración que él nos ha dado. Los que hablan español, que oren en español, voy a dirigirlo en inglés. Let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we go from this place, I simply want to send you off with this blessing from God's word. And this is what it says, go in peace and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Vayan en paz y crezcan en la gracia en el conocimiento de nuestro Señor y Salvador Jesucristo. A él sea la gloria ahora y para siempre. Amén.